All right, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Slippery Boys. Uh, it's a four-man squad tonight. We got Ben Kohlberg back. He missed the last episode. Junior, Jake Jr. is here in Northport, as well as Evan Kelly. Um, we are hoping to get on into some MLB things tonight. Touch on the James Harden news. Kind of just came out. He doesn't have a new team yet, but... uh. Looks like he'll be in the market for one soon. And uh, yeah, maybe even a little bit of uh, personal stuff, you know, get to know us a little bit more. We, we've been pretty strict with the sports stuff, but uh, we got some personalities in here. Um, Let's, yeah, let's dive into James Harden. There's been other offseason moves going on. Um, We haven't recorded since the draft. But, uh, Ev, maybe you want to give us uh, your thoughts on just everything that's transpired in the last maybe three, four days. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll kick things off with Harden. Um, for some reason, the Knicks were listed in Woj's tweet as uh, one of the teams who could be in on him, and I just don't know why that would make any sense for them. He is just – I don't know why any team would want anything to do with Harden right now. Um. He's now the all-time leader in trade requests, I believe, with three. And they've all come in the last about two years. Um, his While he's still a very good player, his production fell off this year. He's expensive. You basically have to play his style of basketball. It's not like you can just drop him on a team and he'll fit seamlessly. You basically have to build everything around him. So I don't really know why anyone would be interested in him, honestly. I think it's probably for the best that Philly's – um, gonna move on from him. Um, I don't know. That was that. I don't know. I'm not locked in right now. Someone else go first. Um, I can. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking just overall. I'm grateful. I'm a fan of one of the teams that's like, like the stars come from within and grow up. You're not part of the sweepstakes where it's like a star puts in a trade request, you send a bucket of firsts to get him. Uh, he throws a hissy fit there. You move him on to the next one. Sometimes you lose value. Sometimes you gain value. And it's just like a carousel of these stars. It's a, uh, a revolving door. Uh, so I'm, I feel like as a fan, you really want to be bought in. I mean, I think we all kind of are in some way or another, obviously New York's always, um, one of the the targets for these big guys but you got Brunson's at least a feel good guy he's not like a star that's get a head case that's getting traded around you got RJ Mitchell Robinson Obi um Randall's been there for plenty uh Jalen Brown obviously headlines Boston um, he's been there the longest Tatum also chips in a little bit so he's there and then at least the Nets are they kind of got their toes wet in that game but they're back to the kind of a little more building authentic style, which I respect. Uh, yeah, I personally want would want no part of James Harden. I just can't. I feel like he has to be. I, I genuinely think like Philadelphia was the best place for him. Like the the pick and roll game with Embiid, I feel like is his like his best chance at winning something and being like successful. Sure, he'll be good most places but I just don't think I think Philadelphia 
can utilize him the best. And so I don't know. I, I wouldn't really want to be part of where he goes next. Yeah, I, I think, think uh oh, you can go back. You wanna go? Yeah, sure. Um I think I'm coming from a very different perspective here because James Harden's one of my favorite players ever. Um and I think I've been on board. Like I think you guys put it well in the fact that Harden is like so he needs such a great infrastructure and system around him in order for him to thrive, whether that be like he's the pass first player on a when he's like the second option or he's like the only scoring option on the entire team. I think those are like his two like the two niches that he'll really thrive in. Um and I think like I mean Evan's a Knicks lifelong Knicks fan. I'm a lifelong Clippers fan, which is the other team that's uh in the conversation for training for him. And I think like he would just really ruin that team. I think he like I think if he's gonna leave Philly, which he probably should at this point. I think like they're not going to really go anywhere with him. I don't think he's bought into that that team. I think he should just go to like some terrible team. And, like he's never the guy's never going to win a ring. I don't think. And I love Harden, um, but he. I just don't think he can be like the lead option on a on anywhere close to like a contending team anymore. And I think I'd like to see him like if he's going to leave. I'd like to see him like have fun and go crazy scoring again with like 50, 60 point games. But I think his, his time in Philly has probably come to an end. I don't think he and Harden really mesh that well. And I hope he leaves. Do you think that's still in the tank? Like 50 and 60? Yeah, I think so. I think he could. Yeah. I I mean, not at the same, like he was, he was putting up like the best offensive numbers, like in league history in when he won MVP, but I don't think he's doing that anymore, but I think he can still drop. I mean, like, in the playoffs, he showed flashes. People forget, how, like, he had a good playoff. People are going to look at the bad games and forget about the good games. But I think the guy's still got some in the tank. Yeah, I think he's I mean, got- he is, like, the most disrespect, one of the most disrespected players in the history of the league, just because the guy enjoys a nice night at the strip club. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't get how, like, literally 18 months ago, it was, like, finally Harden's in the right spot. He's got, like you said, the Embiid pick and roll. How's anyone going to stop them? I remember one of their first games – was against the Knicks. And I remember just watching that for 48 minutes and I was like, I have no idea how anyone can guard this. And now a year I'll, and a half I'll tell you, I haven't answered your question. Doc Rivers. Well, yeah, but that's another thing. They basically all the reports about one of the main reasons they fired Doc was because Harden was like, basically, I won't play here if Doc's still a coach. And then three weeks later, he doesn't even want to play here anyway. So, I mean, I would have fired Doc too. But I don't get why they let him have any say in that if, like, it was just clear that he didn't want to play for them anyway. Yeah, I think that that's true. Like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But I also think, like, if you look back at this past couple of years, this Philly experiment over the past couple of years, like, you just know that Harden's going to get all the blame. It Like, when people look back in retrospect. And you know what they say. Retrospect is a drug. You know what they say. But he deserves a lot of the blame. But, but Embiid... For some reason, Embiid gets the longest leash out of any athlete in the entire oh, fucking world. I agree. World. Yeah. Basically. And I don't think – I think Embiid and Doc definitely deserve some of the blame. I don't know if that's like a controversial take, but yeah. I just yeah. hope Embiid, Harden isn't scapegoated. Embiid does get off with less criticism than any superstar ever. That's just a fact. He should have – he could have He should have been able to beat that Hawks team two years ago with four G League players. And basically, he just – blamed it all on Ben Simmons and ran. And obviously Ben Simmons was one of the big reasons they lost, but 
the fact that Embiid wants to campaign himself for MVP all regular season long and then just not come through in the playoffs every year bothers me, but that's a story for another day. I think um he I I think Harden did get some support this playoffs. I mean, people that watch the Celtics series now without him, that series is taken care of in five or at most six. Um I thought he played well, and I think most people respected his playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't get why Embiid isn't completely torn apart. Like, I, I don't know why he's not the most on-fire star there is. Um, I feel like there's not. He's 28 now, right? Jalen Brown. Um, he's like 30. I think he's 30. Oh Yeah, he might be 30. He missed his first two years with, like, broken feet. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I I agree. He's probably under criticized, but I, I think James Harden was given his credit this year. Um, Boone, you want to dive in? Yeah. So someone who's had James Harden on their team, like I feel like it's like a tough, per- like fitting him with like other people is tough. Like when he was on the Rockets, there really wasn't much else around him, and he could just have the ball in his hand ninety percent of the time and just long shots. So like going forward. Like, obviously, you might want to find a team, but I'm going to throw out – I want your guys' thoughts on this. Like, the Bucks are moving on from Middleton, right? What about Harden to the Bucks? Giannis isn't great with the ball in his hand, like, at the top. Harden's a great passer. Spread the floor a little. I think Giannis would hate Harden, if I'm being honest. Like, I think they already have beef. Like, they're – Harden call him like yeah, but do you think that could be like running. a good that could be a good duo? Like I feel like they both like, think that on fits, paper like, that fits Harden's like play style. Like a on that, paper, it's a good duo. I think it's like the worst personality match of all time because Giannis only cares about basketball. Harden has a lot more things that he cares about, like Ben detailed. So I think I don't know. It'd be like Embiid. I think it would look great for the first twenty games. Well, I think Giannis is so much better than Embiid. I think Embiid is. I'm I'm an Embiid hater. No, Giannis is a lot better than Embiid. But I think Harden's game fits more with Embiid because they can do the yeah. pick and pop off the pick and roll. Giannis yeah, but that's like obviously that. that ship has already sailed. So I feel yeah. like and like also like that team around like the Bucks already know how to win. Like I that like with like Drew, like I don't know if Brooks staying or not, but like I don't know if they can add Harden to that. I think obviously, like if you can make the personalities work, and like Harden actually buys in and actually wants to play, because I don't know if even where his like mindset is, but I feel like that could be like a very interesting. I just don't know what's gonna make dynamic too. I don't. I don't. I can't see Harden. I could see Harden like no one wanting him, no one giving them a good offer, and then them working something out, and he just stays in Philly. Like I could. I could see that happening. I mean, he handpicked Brooklyn. Wasn't happy there. Handpicked Philly. Well, that was that was Kyrie. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna blame him for the Nets collapse. Like everyone got hurt. I mean, who wants to play with Kyrie? Like nobody. So I don't know who would want to play with Harden either. I'd rather play with Harden than Kyrie. That's like the lesser of two evils, though. No, dude, it's because Kyrie was like saging the locker room. Yeah, (laughs) while like Harden was trying to obviously Kyrie is a worse person to play with, but it's not like. Like, of the two players in the league right now that I would not want on the Knicks, they're probably one and two. Factoring factoring in contract and everything. Jalen Brown on 50 a year. <laughs> 62 in the new CBA. I'm still a believer. 
Um, Shout out Grant Williams for that CV. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of agreeing with Ben. Uh, I think going to, but the thing is, it's like I think he should, and I'd want to see him on like a team that's not very good. But I don't know what rebuilding team in their right mind would decide like, all right, let's give up our future, some future draft capital to go get hard. And like, I just don't see that as a progressive move. Um, also with the Clippers, like I remember watching the Sixers playoff games and especially in crunch time, it would be like Harden backs it out, pick and roll with Embiid, Harden backs it out, backs it out. So what are you going to do with like Kawhi and Paul George, sit them in the corners or something? Like it, it just doesn't, to me, that seems like a terrible fit. Um, Paul, Paul George is a Nick. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, now, well, yeah, I don't know. I also don't really like him in Milwaukee. Uh, I guess I have no real clue what the price tag will be because if you can get him for like cheap, then sure. But I don't think that's going to be the case. As a, as a Harden fan, my dream scenario for him would be San Antonio with Weminama. I think that'd be fucking sick. I think that'd just be like so much fun. I don't think they're going to do anything next year anyway. And I think that. Like, part of the reason why I think it kind of sucks that Wembenyama is a spur is that, like, I think he would benefit so much from having a pass-first point guard on his team. Like, obviously, I wouldn't want him to go to the Hornets because the Hornets suck. But, like, I think it would have been cool to see him with LaMelo. And I think him with Harden would be really cool. And I don't think Harden is, like, at the point in his career where he'll, he'll, like, take shots away from him. I think that could just be, like, a fun experiment. I don't know how long it would last, but. And, you know, some people worried about, like, Harden's weight and all, and like being down in San Antonio, like you know about the churros down there. Big old, uh, <laughs> you make a good point. Big old, like could put some weight on down in San Antonio. Um, yeah, uh, I really, I, think, him, I but... can't, I can't see like a team, like I can't think of a team right now that would like shell out a lot for Harden. I don't like, think really, like there's not like a there's not like a fit that like makes sense. Besides yeah, Philly. When you go through the league, there's very few teams that are tanking. And the ones who are tanking, they're not going to want Harden, who's still able to win you games. So, like, if you look in the West right now. It has to be, like, a, like a Magic or something. Like, that's like, but even the Magic have, like, young. Like, but they're young, and they're not going to want to get old. So, it's like, but yeah, there's, not, there's not, like, a young team that, like, wants, a, like, an old superstar. And there's not, like, a really good team that wants to add him because he doesn't fit with their star already so it's like i don't know just like the ultimate no man's land the only way it happens is like he just like swipped like does like a swap with like a star who's like i mean i could like Jalen brown's obviously like a star and unhappy like that's i feel like the only way you could do it is if you swap with like a star like like that's the only possible like you know what i mean like because he's not going to play with like two superstars like two like really good players because obviously like the new cap space but like it's going to be like impossible to like not trade him. I feel like it's just to trade him for picks. Like it's going to be half, it's going to have to be for like a solid player rather than just like a bunch of picks and like a young player. You know what roster he'd honestly fit nice with right now? Stop, dude. Don't even say Give it, it to me. The Nets. <laughs> oh, I no. you say so. Cam dude, Johnson I... and Mikael Bridges got shooters dude, around him. Listen, he's, already, he's not going to, I honestly, I would take him back, but like, we don't have like. I mean, it would not I, gonna I, it work. Would it just, would I mean, it would never happen. It would never happen. But I, I would, I would welcome him back. I mean, 
we've got to figure out. I think the Nets have like a lot bigger problems than like filling his spot, like filling that spot. Like we have to get like we have Ben Simmons and just like all like a bunch of other like I don't know if like Ben Simmons is probably never gonna play with like Harden. Like I don't know if that's gonna work. If oh if, dude, what about like the Raptors? I think they're like, too smart. Van Vliet's gonna be gone. I think they're too smart. I don't know. I'm just looking through the NBA and I just like can't see a team that like maybe Chicago. Like, I don't know. Like it yeah. has to be like a it, it has to be like a mid tier team that's gonna like take a chance on them. Like it's not gonna be a good team and it's not gonna be like a bad young team. So I don't know. James Harden needs shooters. Brandon Miller. <laughs> Go to there. Uh, <laughs> or Joss and then to Memphis. I don't know. Um yeah, I mean the prime Harden days. I do remember watching him against Memphis, like some of his like MVP esque seasons in Houston, and it was honestly so much fun to watch for one. But the key there, they had Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker in the corners. You had like a couple other guys, like Daniel House Jr. was there. They, they had some guys that would shoot threes, um, and then you had Clint Capella, who would just be the the lob threat, where as he gets to the hoop, if he needs to toss it up. Clint Capella's there and can grab rebounds. Um, so I feel like Houston was pretty tailor-made for him, and so was Philadelphia at this point. I don't know if there's too much left like that. Um, any other NBA takes before we uh, – oh, also, I, I just want to mention, shout-out Memphis taking Gigi Jackson. Love that pick. Love Gigi Jackson. High upside guy. Um, but any other NBA takes before we keep it moving? So, all right yeah so i guess we got the the whole spectrum on mlb to dive into i think a uh a good place to start he's being talked about well i mean we could should we start with the perfect game maybe we had uh mlb's is there like a, a man of the year in mlb <laughs> like a Walter yeah i think it's the i think it's roberto clemente award yeah roberto yeah. clemente so we got Clemente, the odds on favorite, Domingo Herman. Uh, one of those just feel good moments where you got a great guy doing it in a great stadium with a great fan base out there. Just enjoyable to watch. But uh, kudos to Domingo Herman for throwing the first perfect game in quite some time. Uh, maybe turn this over to the Yankees fans. You guys definitely watched it one through nine. So. Yeah. yeah, so I was I was working last night, but I got home in about the third inning. Um, and I remember the first time I realized what was going on was through four. And then in the fifth inning, Rizzo made a diving play on a ball hit down the line. And I remember Ryan Rucco saying, mark that one down. And I remember after that, it just felt like it was inevitable. I think there was one. There were two three ball counts the whole game. One was in the eighth inning where I was getting a little worried, but then uh, he bounced back, got the guy to ground out to third. Um, I was just terrified that someone was going to make an error, specifically Volpe. I just figured he would be so nervous. Like, I can't even imagine being a rookie at shortstop with a perfect game going on. Um, I know I would be terrified. So, And, of course, it had to go to Donaldson, my guy, to end it. It doesn't get more iconic than that. But, uh. As far as Herman goes, obviously not the best dude. There's a lot of discourse going on on Twitter. Um, where I stand is just, I think if like his family was able to move on from it, 
So I just don't see the need for all the people on Twitter to basically be like, I can't enjoy this. It's a perfect game. We don't need to celebrate the person doing a Herman, but it's pretty cool. It hasn't happened in 11 years. So when I'm watching a pitcher for the Yankees throw a perfect game, I just don't find myself thinking about his past. And uh, I understand why some people uh, do think about that, but that's just not where my mind was going. So it was pretty cool. Obviously, I don't think it'll be remembered as fondly as Felix Hernandez. He was so beloved. That one was at home. Great sold-out crowd. Obviously, the Oakland Stadium, <laughs> we all know, not the most uh, visually pleasing uh, stadium to watch a game. Very small crowd. Uh, and the A's lineup isn't exactly murderer's row. So, But still, a perfect game is a perfect game. Um, I never thought I would get to see a Yankee throw one, so – Pretty cool night. Yeah, so adding on to what Ev said, like, I mean, the incident, obviously, don't condone it. It was four years ago. Like, he apologized. He served his suspension. I mean, he's back with his wife, who obviously was the victim in that. So, like, she's obviously forgiven him. I mean, so, I mean, you know, it's just, like, it's past. Like, when you're thinking of it, like, I mean, as my friend Ben says here, he says, separate the art from the artist when you were talking about Kanye West. So I feel like you could look at it a little bit similar in that sense. But I don't know. Seeing a perfect game, like one through nine, like seeing the whole game one through nine was pretty impressive. He just had everything going. I didn't, uh, same with that, I didn't think I'd ever see something like in my head, like top, like a Yankee moment, like obviously besides the World Series, is like the judge breaking the home run record a perfect game so those are like two like big moments that stand out in my head obviously like a jeter like jeter to 3000 a around 3000 jeter's walk off those were kind of like huge moments and like just like things that pop out of my mind i, I don't know if this one's gonna be like obviously as big because he's not one of those like core guys captains and stuff but it was still really impressive to see i mean and also there's like 300 what was it 235,000 mlb games have been played on 24, and we could count, what, 25 for the, what was his name? Armando, uh, Armando Galarraga. Galarraga, yeah, who, that one. I mean, I'm going to count that one. So that's our like 25 out of, what, 235,000. So not something you're going to see, like, every year. Like, you're going to see it, what, in 2012. So it was an awesome moment. Being able to watch it live was pretty cool. So I think coming from an impartial uh, perspective, it would only be right for me to mention that a few years ago, um, I was at a Red Sox game with my father, and Domingo Herman had a perfect game into the eighth inning, only to be broken up by a Verdugo double to right center field, and then five runs in the eighth inning, and then the uh, Yankees lost. Just wanted to mention that. I'd like to throw out that Herman either is like, like a near no hitter. Or gives up like ten runs in the two innings. There's no in between for him. So yeah, like I remember, he he, yeah. he could throw come out the next game and probably go up like ten runs, and I wouldn't be surprised like at all. His last start, he let up ten runs. I remember, I think I texted Jake, or it might have been all you guys, but definitely Jake, and I said I don't think I've ever seen a pitcher come out to start a game with less working than her. You were, hey, you were like he's throwing BP out there. He was genuinely throwing batting practice. He was, <laughs> basically, everyone on the Mariners, even the outs, were smoked at people. He just had nothing working. He looked like 
Yeah, it looked like Alec Mano in the FDL. That's the only thing that comes to mind. <laughs> no, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he found. He found some kind of the goat. John Sterling says that's base. That's baseball, Susan. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's got to be on the short list of most improbable perfect games ever. Like I don't. Know, if you look at the lists of guys, the majority of them were great MLB starting pitchers. Herman, if the Yankees were healthy, wouldn't have even been in the rotation. If only one guy got hurt, he might not have even been in the rotation. He was probably their seventh starter coming into the year. And, yeah, just just pretty crazy that it happened. Yeah, I'm glad uh, as Yankees fans you guys were able to enjoy it because I, I, I can't even watch a game that Domingo Herman starts just because of uh, who he is. But um, that's neither here nor there. But uh, we'll continue on, like, the the historic front. We got – Obviously, me and uh, Ben went to see Arias in the chase for 400 uh, last night, which was pretty solid. I also got to see the cheat Alex Cora up in personal. Um, and then, but I think we should kind of dive into Shohei Otani. Uh, I uh, actually had a conversation with my father the other day who was astounded that he didn't win MVP last year. Because uh, he thinks he's the most special talent in sports, understandably so. Uh, and what he's doing right now is absurd. So I'll turn the floor over to uh, maybe the biggest Otani fanboy in at least Massachusetts, maybe America. Um. Yeah, well, I'll say, first of all, I'd like to shout out Mark Chandler. Uh, great guy, world traveler, uh, very cultured man. But I would strongly disagree with him saying that he's uh, the most special player in sports. I think that's a wild understatement. I think that Otani is the most talented athlete to ever touch any sort of sport. Um, I think we're going to look back on what he's doing right now. I mean, he probably just had the most impressive month in the history of baseball. And I think it's just like you kind of look at it in passing and you realize that he's been doing this pretty consistently, pretty consistently for the past couple of years. But I think like, when his time of, of two-way playing is done and people look at the numbers, it's, it's like, going to be unfathomable. Like, I don't think our kids will be able to, like, understand what he was doing on a day-to-day basis. And it's just, like, I think everybody recognizes how good of a hitter and pitcher he is, but he's also, like, the most clutch hitter in the league or, like, one of the most clutch hitters in the league, one of the most clutch pitchers in the league. He's, like, one of the fastest guys in the league. Um, I just think he's – there's no athlete in the world. And I don't follow, like – soccer or hockey i mean nobody really follows hockey um so i can't speak on those sports as much but i just can't imagine that there's any athlete in the world that is even within the same atmosphere as him personally um i i just want to make a quick point then ev you can take over i do want to mention um ben you talked about hockey josh bailey 15-year servant of the new york islanders has uh so happy you brought that up Moved on, which I know all of us spent some time mourning the loss of his service for the New York Islanders. So I just want to hey, Josh Bailey, because I know probably most of you listeners at home were just torn apart by that. But uh, Ev, if you want to dive into your uh, how funny takes, yeah. Um, so I I was uh, first of all Mark Chandler, like Ben said, great guy. We don't need to get back into the MVP discourse from last year. Judge rightfully deserved that. Um, 
and I have come around. Ben has been pitching me on Otani being the GOAT for some time now, and I was hesitant, but I have come around. I cannot wrap my head around the things he's doing. As someone, I've been a huge baseball fan since I was four years old. If you told me 10 years ago the stats he would be putting up, I couldn't even comprehend it. I remember even as early as four or five years ago, there were like there was debates every day if which one he should pick between hitting or pitching. People thought he just couldn't handle it. He would get hurt. He was hurt at certain points. And now the fact that it's just every night, it seems like he hits a home run. Even when he starts, he hits a home run. Um, he's like one of the fastest players in the league, like Ben mentioned. It's it's just incredible to like watch him every night. I try and watch as much Angels as I can. I always tried to watch them because of Mike Trout, and now it's like tenfold with Otani. He's that special of an athlete. I'm glad it's getting more mainstream attention now. Um, I feel like the World Baseball Classic really helped with that. The at-bat versus Trout was like one of the most viewed uh, things on social media of the year, and now I feel like every time he hits a home run or starts, it's like all over my feed, which makes me very happy because he's like the ultimate person to grow the sport. He's just I don't know. He's everything baseball could want. Um, his free agency is going to be the most followed free agency probably since LeBron. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's so good for the game. So good for sports. He's probably, um, yeah, he's the best baseball player I've ever seen. And it's an honor to watch, watch him every night. Yeah. So for Otani, like you could, in like, let's say in like, even like seven years, so what, he'll have like, 10 seasons like a full baseball under his belt I think we could look and he could have two Hall of Fame careers kind of pitching alone and hitting alone could both be on par with like Hall of Fame level if obviously he even like even if he decreases it's still going to be a Hall of Fame level because right now it's this pace is absolutely insane and as I've said his I think he, he's going to get obviously more than Soto eh, well, depending on not total but per year but because I think Soto, obviously, with his age, but Otani could probably fetch somewhere in like five, six hundred million, which is going to be obviously record shattering. And being from like Asia, obviously, like being able to grow viewership in the MLB is a huge thing. Obviously, for the MLB, they get more viewers, but kind of creating like more of a worldwide game. Obviously, like Asia has always been a very big baseball area, but now, like, I think people are going to start like, watching the MLB more and, and people like I know like when the Yankees we had like Kitrail and Tanaka people would literally like come to the games just to watch them and I feel like people are going to start to like obviously they have them but more people are, even if like they're not even an Angels fan like they'll come and just watch Otani like like Yankee Stadium or Boston Toronto just to like watch a certain player just to like for the MLB's sake like having someone like that be the face it just helps the MLB grow in all sorts of facets of just viewership and attendance at stadiums so having him is a great thing for baseball yeah I think the next step is getting him on I mean this year the Angels are hanging around the wild card race but if he becomes someone who's perennial playing perennially playing in October I think he'll pretty quickly be the biggest star baseball has had since like when baseball was the only sport that people watched essentially probably like Mickey Mantle or something I think he would he would be that big and he's really you can see him already starting to just transcend baseball and become just a global star so i think 
if I if I had to guess, he'll be on a different team next year, and I just hope it's one that's uh, contending for World Series year in and year out because seeing him pitch and hit in October would be incredible. Yeah, also, just uh, one more thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. It looks like uh, Brian Bayo's pursuit of uh, emulating Domingo Herman's performance did not uh, go the way we were hoping. So he might be in line for a loss, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that later. <laughs> that you're, that you're uh, a wagon. You're uh Pedro Martinez 2.0. But I will quickly <laughs> like to mention um that last year, approximately this time last year. Is it better now? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Oh, we hear Pedro me? Martinez. All right. Yeah, uh, Brian Bale, Pedro Martinez, read down. Uh, I'd just like to mention that approximately this time last year, Shohei Otani signed a deal with New Balance. Um, do me a quick favor, look up where the New Balance headquarters is. I uh, rest my case. Um, wow, yeah, really great points, Ben. Um, no, I mean, he's, he's taking over. Uh, I think also, I don't know if I want to go as far as say this is – tends to be the case in Asia, but uh, maybe it's the whole world. But I think particularly in Asia, uh, when they have like a star that comes from their country there, the support they get tends to be pretty incredible. I know firsthand as a Tottenham fan, like some crazy amount of South Koreans are Tottenham fans strictly because of Sun Hyung Min. And yeah, the what someone like Otani can drive for that MLB and a certain team is pretty crazy. Uh, I want to kind of own in on the AL East because that's where a lot of our passion lies as well as I think a lot of our fan bases for now. Um, is there anything, should we talk about uh, maybe MVP candidates that, uh, you want do you want to talk about like um, the All Star game first or no? Because they just came out the starters. Or do you want to do that after? I don't really. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to. I have. I have one thing. How did the yeah. whole nation? How did the whole nation of Canada not land one starter? Uh, well, the whole. You want to know a fun fact? Like yeah. there's more people in California than there is in the whole nation of Canada. You call it a whole nation, but it's like yeah, dude, California is like the most populated state. Yeah, but Texas, know. Texas went. Yeah, they they lost all of the starters to Texas essentially. Okay, and, and why? Well, those players were better. Yeah, Corey Seager with uh, 197 at bat should be starting <laughs> over. Boba shit with three. That's that's, that's the that's the only snub. That's the only snub in my opinion. That's okay. Chapman should not be over Jones. Vlad should not be yeah, over Yandy. I don't have a problem with any of those other ones. Okay, good. Um, but the Bobachet thing is a crime. Um, uh, otherwise, I don't know. To be honest, I don't really give too much of a toss about All Star starters. Um, I don't know if you guys are passionate, but I'd enjoy talking. Uh, MVP. I mean, I know in the AL East or the American League, it's a no brainer. It's Otani. I think anyone that thinks otherwise. I think only judge is like, uh, and right now the only person who could, like, 
contest him if he's fully healthy for a full season, like going into the future. Get the fuck out of here. Who who, who else is? Devers? This dude's got some McDonald's Wi Fi. Yeah, I don't know. Ben's yeah. like he's going to say that there's no one. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I mean, think... Judge literally beat him last year in MVP, so there's obviously someone. Um, no, no. I thought you were talking about this year. I, I no, don't know no, if you guys no, no, no. I thought you were talking about this, this year. No, no, no. This year is obviously Otani, but I think, like, in the future, like, I, I don't know who's going to, like, contest him in the, like, and then, like, even, like, the next few years, like, I don't know. There's just like no one that could like put up like historical numbers that is going to like be able to compete with hitting and pitching. I mean, yeah, the hitting and pitching thing is different. Obviously, it's Judge like a, won it. Cheat without, code. Judge won it without hitting. Like, I feel like there well, is... Judge literally had to hit like almost a tree. It was almost a triple crown winner with sixty-two home runs. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, and and people and you still have people like Mark Chandler saying Otani should win it. So. I mean, you literally have the most. You have like one of the most historical seasons, and you still have people saying, "Oh, Tanish should win it." So I don't probably, know if you're ever gonna like. You probably need to be another two-way player like IKF. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, he had what? He had a home run and a strikeout in the same inning. Was that it? That was the first. Was that the first player of the season? Yeah, or... He might just uh, be. I think so. All right. Before we uh, before we turn it into ALE's talk. Here in a sec. I will say on the shout out Mark Chandler front, uh one, he's heading up to Canada in the morning. Safe drive Ooh. up. Two, from there, he's flying down to Honduras for a week to actually Ooh. what is the most dangerous city in the world by uh <laughs> deaths per person. Um and so he's That's reassuring. Yeah, hey, what is he doing? Uh, what brings him there? He's heading down there to help out farmers, uh, make them, you know, earn more uh, for the work they do. Have for like organization. Some, does he have uh, some security with him? Uh, no, he, he, he was talking to people. Uh, the other people think they'll be good to go, but the city has a, a nine o'clock curfew um, and his flight lands at 830. So it's going to be a little <laughs> touch and go getting to the air or getting to the hotel. But yeah, so that's. That's a little nervy, uh, but then he's got a relaxing trip, a nice ten day trip to Greece at the end of August. So he's he's got some traveling coming up. Shout out, Dad. Um, all right, let's turn this into ALE stuff. Right. Or do you want to do an LMVP since we did ALMVP? Yeah, I can. It's uh, gonna be Acuna, right? I'll lead it off. I think Acuna. Um, I he he's another one of the. He's on a. He's so special. I was having this conversation with maybe it was my dad, but I think there's a short list of maybe 10 to 15 people in sports that no matter what the game is, I think it's fun tuning in just for that. Like they, they'd make me watch a game. I don't care who they're playing against. So like if they're on, I'd enjoy watching them. I don't know if Acuna is actually on that list, but he's pretty damn close. Uh, so I'm an Acuna fan. Yeah, I love Acuna as well. He's so good. Um, I'm just glad he's fully healthy because I feel like a lot of people forgot about just how special he was after the torn ACL in 2021 and then sort of a down year uh, by his standards last year. So I'm just glad he's healthy and he's also my pick for MVP at the moment. 
yeah, for Acuna MVP for me. I mean, he's good. He might. He's what he has a chance to do. 40 homers, 80 stolen bases, which, I mean, even people going for, like, 30-30 is crazy. So, like, 40-80, even 40-70 is just going to be crazy. So, I mean, I think he easily wins it. He's been here now. Yeah, he's – I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know if you guys can hear me right now, but I think it's, it's gotta be a coon as well. Well, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we might have to limit your talking roles. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's disappeared. He might be trying to find a better, uh, Wi-Fi. I don't, maybe his laptop's dying. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Ben's on the Acuna wave as well. I'm glad none of us are. Thinking of Raya's. Um, let's turn this into ALE's talk. Maybe we start at the top of the standings, work our way down, touch on each team, some thoughts. Uh, I will say Chris Bassett's working on an 11K outing right now um, in his 0-0 ball game. But let's start with the Rays. Uh, hopefully Ben is finding his way back because he's actually a Rays fan. There he is. He's a Rays fan by trade. Um, but... I don't know. I think I I always was kind of worried about the Rays. I think they're just filled with khakis inside the clubhouse. They're geniuses in there. Uh, I love a Rosarena. Um, they got whoa, guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You like a Rosarena, but you hate Herman. Interesting. You know, separate the the player and the or the artist and the art. That's what I always say. Um. But I mean, the pitching is wild. I don't know if I'd trust. I'm. I'd pick the Braves over them in the World Series. But uh, they're just so good. I'll let one of you guys take it. Uh, I'm gonna disagree with Saev. If you agree, you can go first. But agree with what? I I don't think they're. I'm an anti-Rays guy. I don't think they're all that good. I just need to see it in the playoffs before I believe. Yeah, it. so like when I look at that team, I mean, like you have scrubs like hitting way above their pay grade, and like how good they actually are. So I mean, like you when you have a team like completely outperforming their talent level, it's just not. I don't think like I I I don't like they're kind of like the Angels. Like I never see them as a threat. Like last year, the Angels were having like a great stretch, and I was I literally tweeted out like I'll never be threatened by the Angels, and then they went on that like crazy losing streak. So, like, for the Rays, like, obviously, like, they made the playoffs. They make the most out of their players. But, I mean, besides that starting rotation and a few of their, like, random bullpen arms, like, I'm really not, like, terrified of them. Wanders, obviously a freak athlete, but, like, Yandy's having a good year. But, like, I don't know. I'm not really sold on that whole roster, like, up top to bottom. Like, there's just not a lot there that gets me, like, excited. Like, there's just not – I don't know. I'm not scared of them. Like, I'm more scared of, like, other teams in the AL – and our division alone than the Rays. Like, obviously, they have a good record, but I don't know. I'm not really, like, scared of them. I don't think they're all that good. I think the Yankees would beat them in the playoffs. Here's the thing about the Rays. Like, <laughs> no, no. Here, first of all, it's the Braves are winning the World Series this year. Um, and I don't think – I think the Rays are going to kind of fizzle out and do the same thing they do every year where they, like, 
randomly have an insane regular season and then lose in the wild card game or the divisional series. But I don't think you can use the argument with them anymore where it's like they have these players hitting above their weight and like it's going to like, you know me, I'm a big regression to the mean supporter. But at this point, like you could say that during like their crazy win streak and the start of the season where they didn't lose any games. But at this point, like they've sustained the best record in the league. Um, and I think are in the American league. And I just think like, it's hard to say that it's, it's, I mean, statistically speaking, like they're, they're doing this for a reason. Again, I don't think, I think a fully healthy Yankee team would beat them. I think the Astros would beat them. I think uh, when story comes back, the Red Sox would beat them. Um, but I think the Blue Jays would give them a run for their money. But I also think that it's you can't like sleep on the Rays anymore. I mean, they're just, they're a good they're a really good baseball team. Like I don't think it's fair to say that they're overperforming, considering they've been overperforming for like the entire first half of the season. I don't think that's like by chance anymore. Yeah, I mean, I've come to terms with the fact that they're winning the division, um, and also like. I feel like a lot of the guys who we said, like when the season first started, were hitting way above what's normal for them. Some of those guys have fizzled out. Like Taylor Walls, hands down, one of the worst hitters I've ever seen, was hitting like 350 through the first few weeks. And now I looked at his numbers the other day. He's basically fallen off a cliff, which warms your heart. But um, like Randy, uh, Yandy, Jose Siri, I think is really good. Obviously, Wander. Just a horrible, horrible teammate, but great player. Um, these guys, at this point, we know are very good players who are going to keep producing the whole year. Also, the pitching staff, um, McClellahan, the luckiest pitcher in baseball. Um, he's a stud. Glasnow. He'll, like, I, like, I just I, – I need to see it before it happens. I just – we've never seen these guys hold up over the course of a full season and into the playoffs, I just, I'm going to assume injuries are going to come until I see them not, not come. If that makes sense. Yeah. Also, one more thing, their bullpen, they've always basically ridden their great bullpen throughout the course of the season. Their bullpen this year is not very good, which I think in the playoffs comes back to bite you, especially when your starting pitching is not very durable. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I, I don't think what McClanahan's doing is Mickey Mouse. I think he's a stud. I'm uh, I'll buy all stock in him. Um I, I, don't know. I, I do think they'll uh like I think their pitching is just so metric based and they're able to pull stuff out of nowhere. Uh that's something I'll never lose faith in. I mean, yeah, you gotta see it in the playoffs, but uh I don't know, I'm not gonna bet against that. Can anyone tell me I'll say the I'll say this before you trivia your question, but the Rays, like, I will say, like, they make the best out of every single player they have, which, like, not a lot of organizations can say. So the Yankees make the, the worst out of their players. But the interesting thing about that is you got to wonder, like, where did this, um, like, who was the kind of ringleader and the spark behind this, like, ro- like, low budget roster creation, finding these, like, crazy bullpen arms that nobody's heard of? You just got to think, like, who was the Isaac Newton behind this? It's just was Wait, there one guy? Like, can you tell us? I'll let I'll let the uh, the men's action speak for himself. Is in twenty twenty six when we win the World Series? Does anyone want to answer my question? Yeah, go for it. Do we have any FIP enjoyers in the crowd tonight? 
I'm a big FIP guy. I like FIP. <laughs> and I know you're a big regression to the mean enjoyer as well, Ben. Uh, I love me some regression to the mean. Yep. <laughs> Could you tell me Shane McClellan's FIP? I, I can't say I know it. Do you know his ERA? I don't know his ERA. Like 2-9 or something? His ERA is two two three. sparkling, leads the league. His FIP is 3.65. Wow. Wait, what's his whip? 1.118. Jesus Christ. Now, I know, I know another AL East ace from years past who had a big old, big old uh, gap between the ERA and FIP. He went by the name of Alec Manoa. We all know what happened with him. I'm just going to say, don't be so surprised if if Big Shane falls off a cliff here in the second half. I mean, I, I'm, I'm as big of a Manoa fan as possible. I mean, I, I almost wore the jersey to the uh, Red Sox game yesterday. I got it in my car just because I can't leave the house without it. Um, but it's McClanahan's not putting on 180 pounds in the next couple of weeks. So... Uh, the 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 clear problem with Manoa is conditioning. I mean, yeah, he can operate as a big guy. Uh, he came to camp out of shape. Uh, that you know, there's no. He can be big. He doesn't have to be some like jacked in shape guy. But he was too far out of shape this year. Um, it's but, just hard, it's hard to fathom when your your battery mate is your battery mate is Alejandro Kirk. Your team leader is Vlad Junior. Your manager, John Schneider. It's hard to see where someone would kind of lose lose their way conditioning wise. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, don't I wish I had uh, statistics to back up the food and health science in the <laughs> clubhouse, but that's a bit out of my depth. But uh, going into weight, I want to go to like the weight though. Like, obviously, like I feel like. He had, like, CC on the Yankees. He was, like, massive. He always said mass equals gas. But, like, I think nowadays, like, with the pitch clock, like, having to throw every 15 seconds, like, you need to be more conditioned. Like, back, obviously, even last year, like, you were allowed to just, like, stand on the mound, catch your breath, and then go. Now it's, like, you're just throwing a lot more consistently. So, I mean, that's obviously, in my opinion, I think that's the reason Manoa has fallen off just from, like, just fatigue throughout the innings. And so, like, I don't know, that could be a – and then once you start, like, obviously like, baseball is very mental. So, like, once you even have, like, a few bad games and then you obviously have the pick shock and all that, everything kind of spirals. And, like, obviously, like, his mental health – like, his mental just, like, he could have, like, the yips at some point, which is a very hard thing to overcome. But I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if we never see Manoa again. But I also wouldn't be – I wouldn't be shocked if he, like, wins Cy Young. Like, I think, like, the floor is so low and the ceiling is so high. Like, he could come back to Cy Young or, like, he just may never make it because of the pitch clock and, like, weight problems. That's yeah. baseball, Susan. I'll, uh, that is baseball. If you guys are good with the Rays, maybe we turn this into the Blue Jays. Um, yeah, that's fine. I think that is a wildly horrific take that we might never see uh, Manoa again. I think I said that's the floor. I said that's the, the floor. Last, yeah, I don't that's think that's the floor. The floor at I mean, all. he just I, gave. I mean, he's in rookie ball. And he just gave eleven runs to seventeen-year-old Yankee prospects. I mean, I, I wouldn't mean, call it like a crazy take. He, he's like Giordano get out. with four Tigers. You have two thousand and four dudes hitting home runs off of him. Like, come on, Roger um, Carreras. Remember the name. Yeah, two out. 
home run uh, tank, probably 485 into the second deck of Rogers Center. Uh, you guys can enjoy that all over Twitter later. Um, all 3,000 fans are on their feet. 413. The Rogers sells out all the time. Um, I actually got to enjoy Fenway and the other 4,000 fans that stuck through the rain delay yesterday. Um, but, all right, so on the Manoa front, I mean, I don't know. There, it, It's, again, there's being, like, he, he was not conditioned whatsoever. And then there's just not being, like, an incredible uh, in-shape guy. Um, I think you need to get the weight down. But I also think, I mean, we saw him. The yips were definitely a thing by the end. Uh, you could see, like, he was, like, broken up in the uh, dugout. He was damn near tears. He was in interviews. Like, I, I, I got to be honest, I have no clue what's going on um, by the end. But uh, as my good friend Evan once said, you can't keep the great ones down. He was a Cy Young candidate last year. He'll be back. And I'm fairly positive on that. He also, I mean, he showed it's still kind of there. I don't uh, earlier this season. I think he went eight scoreless against the team. I forget who. Um, Seven innings, one run. No, it was scoreless. Yeah. Um. But uh, wait, what happened the second time he played that team though? I'm forgetting. I'm pretty sure did he, he has, get out, did he get he got sure out of the first two, inning five ERA against did that. he get out of the did he get out of the first inning I think I'm forgetting um, I don't think so though but that's just like I'm just all right. it was a long time ago then I'll let because it's my Blue Jays I'll let you guys talk about the Blue Jays I'll, first I'll say baseball then, is ninety percent until the other half starts to go so you don't forget that thanks. Um, can you welcome. wait? Can you can you clarify that that math real quick for me? Ninety percent baseball and the other that's, half. No physical. Ninety <laughs> percent mental. The other half physical. That's a Yogi Berra. Uh, you. you know he has ten World Series rings, so obviously he did something right. One hundred forty percent of baseball. Um, the yeah. So I'll let you guys talk about the Jays first. Then I'll wrap up the Jays, and then we'll keep it moving. Ev, you want to give your two cents on the the boys in blue? Yeah. Um, obviously, I didn't see what happened to Manoa coming, but I feel like besides that, the Jays are about where I thought they would be, um, fighting for the wild card. Bichette having a great year. He's a stud. Vlad, I know, has underwhelmed, but seems to be figuring things out. Gosman, one of the best pitchers in the AL. Barrios has bounced back to some extent. Um, I know Bassett's been solid, had a few bad outings. They're just kind of where I thought they'd be. They're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't know if there's a move to be made that makes them a great team. Um, I know it was reported that they're going to go after some starting pitching uh, at the deadline. I know you were saying that doesn't make much sense. I don't really think that makes much sense either. But I also feel like their offense is set, so I'm not really sure where the upgrades come. Obviously, you could always upgrade the bullpen, but I don't think there's like an obvious move uh, for them to make. Um, yeah, I feel like they're just kind of where I thought they would be. Um, so I'm actually, I feel like I, I don't like hate the Blue Jays. Like I think like, I think very highly of Vlad. I think Vlad is 
an otherworldly player. I think obviously he's having like a down year, but I think he could be like one of the best players in the league. I mean, I feel like the squad is good. Like, I, I don't know like where you could improve. Maybe at second base. I don't know if Witt, Santiago, and Kevin Biggio are doing it there. But I mean, I think like you have Vlad Kerr, Chapman, um, Springer, Varsho, Shet. I feel like that core is going to be set in stone for a while. I don't know. But I mean, you got the pitchers. You got what, Teeterman coming up? I think that's his last name, right, side. Yeah. Yeah. Ricky. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be disgusting. Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure about your bullpen. I don't think it's like the greatest, but. I don't know. I don't really see like many like it's like hard to improve on a team when you have like a lot of young players playing because it's not you don't want to like give up on a player so soon. But you know, you're also like kind of in like a win now mode. So it's kind of hard to find the right spot of who to trade, who to move, who to play and all that. So I think I mean, I had the Blue Jays finishing third in the division. So I mean, kind of where I thought they were going to be. But, you know, I don't know. I think they can. I think they'll make the wild card. I think they might be able to grab a wild card spot. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think they can make some noise, especially with the shortened rotation because Barrios, Gosman, Bassett is not terrible. I think that could hold their own. Kukuchi. Um, Kukuchi sucks. Ben? All right. Uh, maybe no, Ben. Um, BB. Jesus, kid's useless. Um, all right. Um, actually, Kikuchi has been dealing recently. Um, his ERA over like the last seven starts is honestly very good, and uh, he's looked good recently. He just had his best start ever for the Blue Jays. Uh, I actually have faith in him. That's another reason why um, I don't really want to go out and get starting pitching because uh, Ryu's coming back. Uh, Manoa, I don't even know if he'll come back this year, but he's going to be around Toronto for a while. And I don't really get the point in going and getting just like a starter for the rest of the year. Uh, Kikuchi's look good. Brios has looked good. Bassett has looked solid. And Gosman's a scion candidate right now. Um I think the Blue Jays, yeah, you, you look around the diamond and there doesn't seem to be like a ton of places where you see like, oh, this is a clear weakness. There's been a lot of underperforming, like Chapman's taken a huge slip, um, but you're not going to really like upgrade. You might, he's going to leave at the end of the year. So, you know, he'll what probably. Odds, what odds can we get him at right now for MVP? Yeah. Um, it, uh, I, I think I'm about ready to count my money for uh that I had on Chapman MVP down the drain. But um yeah, uh there was what was the point? On the bullpen front, we do have Chad Green, uh, who's rehabbing well. Um I got some some hopes for him. I'm not expecting him to come and be like this slinger, but uh I I'd like to think he'll be a decent piece that, you know, if we're playing playoff games. I'd expect to see him. Sorry. Uh, when he throws a fastball every single pitch, don't be surprised. Because it's going to be the, it's just fastball pretty much this every single pitch, about 97. I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, Nate Pearson's been a, a happy surprise. Um, 
You love a good happy surprise. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's been mostly underperforming. You need Vlad to take the step. I mean, we're winning right now, two nothing off a two run Jack by him. That's kind of the the games you expect from a player of his caliber, and there hasn't been one this season. Um, so it's nice to finally see something coming from him. Kiermaier's been good. Springer needs to kind of step it up. Uh, Varsho definitely needs to step it up. And it kind of feels like the games where the pitching's great, the hitting kind of goes, and vice versa, which doesn't always equate to success. But uh, I don't know. I have faith. I think we'll be a wild card team. And once we're in there, I do think with guys like Vlad, there's always noise that can be made. What we need is, I don't know, the Blue Jays did something in the offseason wrong. Um, I'm fairly confident I saw reports that we were one of the two finalists for Yoshida. Um, and I think they kind of expected him to come in because having Brandon Belt as our three hitter is not what any front office would draw up. So uh, I don't know. I think we'll probably finish as the three or two, um, or sorry, three or four, and um, hopefully make the playoffs as a wild card team, and hopefully get that last playoff spot so that we can play, uh, maybe the Twins or something. But maybe let's turn this around to the Yankees. Uh, maybe I'll keep going here. Yeah, you go first. Um. I don't probably keep as close of an eye on the Yankees as you guys maybe do on the Blue Jays. I'm not as much of a baseball guru as you two. Uh, that being said, it makes me happy that Volpe's had a slow start. I kind of needed that. That's what's keeping me alive with the Manoa uh, problems. So it's good to see he hasn't jumped off the page like I kind of thought he would. Have you, been, have you been watching recently? Oh, did he get his, like, are his numbers... Is he like yeah, he's, 50 and he's hitting like 350 his last 15 games, but we're not gonna and he has about a thousand OPS. So we're not gonna talk about that since that chicken farm didn't hurt. But. Um carry on. Yeah, I mean, obviously Donaldson's massively overhated defensive specialist at third. Did he win a gold glove last year? I should have. Um obviously I think this year has almost proved the Aaron Judge MVP more to me than uh, last year did because obviously without Aaron Judge, it's, as Frank the Tank would say, damn near a feeble roster. Um, I think the Yankees kind of go as Judge goes. So not having him right now is obviously killer and he is incredibly impressive. He's a top five guy right now. Incredibly old too, but that's neither here nor there. Um, pitching, I guess you guys will know more about it than me. Uh, but you got the guys. The health is the problem. Um, so if you get in the playoffs, like you were talking about, how you think you could take care of the Rays, I just feel like with the Yankees pitching, I have no clue if I'm to look at who's in the bullpen and who's starting, uh, who's healthy at any one time. Cole's seems like a clean bill of health. But otherwise, 
I feel like there's some injury problems, maybe a couple off the field problems, but um, yeah, I mean, I think you guys are solid. You're definitely a whole lot scarier as a roster. Uh, your health makes you a little less intimidating, but if that comes around come October, then definitely a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I um. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot. I have two. Here's what I'll say about the Yankees. This to this point, this has been my least favorite Yankee team I've ever watched. I also think that if they're healthy, this is the best equipped team to win a World Series since we've had Aaron Judge because of our pitching. We right now have the best bullpen in the league by a landslide. And in October, a lot of games are decided by the pen. Also, if obviously if is the big thing, but if we're healthy and we're lining up Cole, Rodon, you have to assume that one of Nestor or Severino is clicking uh, by the time the playoffs rolls around. I think we're the best pitching staff in the sport. And if we get judged back, maybe trade for one more bat, I trust that the offense will be able to do enough. Um, also, just looking around the rest of the American League, the Astros have taken a step back. They've had some injuries. Seems like they didn't really do enough in the offseason to um, replace some of the guys they lost, like Berlander. Um, Christian Javier has proved to be a little fraudulent, which I've enjoyed very much. Um, so the Astros have taken a step back. The Rays don't really scare me. The Rangers, uh, we just took two of three from them. Obviously. They're a great lineup. I'm not taking anything away from them, but they also have never – they have no real playoff experience as a team, so I would feel confident in a matchup with them. So I just I just look around the American League. I think if the Yankees get healthy, they match up well with anyone, which is why I've been optimistic, even though um, this stretch in June since Judge has been hurt has been a really tough watch with uh, some of the offense that uh, – or lack, lack thereof uh, they've been putting up there, but – like I said, I'm optimistic. I think if they swing a trade for one or two hitters, hopefully get healthy uh, by the time the playoffs come around, which it feels like we say every year. But hopefully if they're healthy, I think um, I think they have the kind of roster that you need to win in the playoffs. So I just hope they're healthy uh, when the time comes. So, so like, I'm just – you go into like the like playoff wise. So like looking at it, like the AL Central is terrible. Like I'm not worried about a single team from the AL Central. Orioles, super young, have no playoff experience. The Astros, I don't even know if they make it in. Angels, not worried about. Rangers, no experience. The Rays, I already kind of gave you my piece on them. Not too worried about them. So I mean, that's why I'm like I'm optimistic as well about the Yankees. But like when I watch this team day in and day out. This has to be the worst offense I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, Stanton, DJ, Donaldson are all washed. Like, they're old, overpaid players who get paid based on their name and not what their output is anymore. And then, obviously, you have Aaron Boone just going out there and being like, oh, like, we know they're going to turn it around. Like, these are great players. But, like, every single player, like, has a lifespan. And I feel like they kind of have hit their end and I don't know if I can see them turning it around. Like you look at Miguel Cabrera, one of the best players ever, but like he's at the end of his career, like he completely fell off. And like, I feel like that's kind of what happening to some of our players. Stan is obviously always hurt. 
plays the field a little bit recently, but I don't know. You can't really rely on him to play the field. Third base with Donaldson and DJ is a black hole right now. I'd like DJ to be a more like a utility player. So, I mean, I'm open to bringing up Peraza or maybe trying to grab someone like a Yamer Candelario at the deadline. Same with left field. I mean, you obviously have Judge and Bader. And left field's kind of a black hole as well with that Hicks contract being terrible and how bad he was. I mean, Billy McKinney, Bowers, Willie Calhoun are kind of just patches. I don't really see them as any sort of, like, solution. I think making a trade, obviously, for a left fielder is something we absolutely need to do. I mean, Hal said he's open to adding more money on the payroll. But it comes down to, like, this roster is just, at least for the offensive side, is terrible. Like, Brian Cashman had $280 million to spend, and this is the roster he assembled. I think it's embarrassing for the Yankees. I think it's embarrassing for Hal that this is the team that's getting put on the field. Like, the pinstripes are an iconic thing, and, like, having some of these players run out there is embarrassing for the organization. And having Brian Cashman as our GM is – he needs to go. I am I hate Brian Cashman. I am so done with him. I can't take it anymore. I mean – but I will say he has created a great bullpen. Obviously, there's pretty much no names in that bullpen besides some to the Yankee fans. We're getting the Wiseka back. Hopefully, I know he can be one of the best relievers in baseball. So, obviously, that, as Evan said, it kind of gives us a good chance in the playoffs when you can run out one of the best bullpens in the league, if not the best, with every single guy. You have pretty much every guy with like a sub-3 ERA right now. And with more like reinforcements on the way, like Weiser's still pretty good. Weiser coming back, so you have that. But I don't know. Volpe obviously has been fantastic. If you've been, I don't know. Obviously, size not a Yankee fan. He's not watching the games, but if you've been watching him, he looks so much better at the plate. He's starting to take his walks. He's striking out less. He's going the opposite way. Everything's a hard line drive. I don't know. Before I think he was hitting what three fifty his last fourteen games, and he had. I think he walked, hit by pitch, and two singles today or a single today. So, I mean, just another great great performance from him today. His OPS is near in 1,000. And his, um, his, his average is around 350 in the last 15 games since his chicken parm dinner with Austin Wells. So, I mean, obviously, he's our future. I still believe in him with my whole heart. And he's going to be our shortstop for the next 15 years. I truly believe so. I'd like to see Peraza play, though, even though he's not going to be our shortstop. I'd like to see him at third base, at least give him a chance. Like, he's a highly tatted prospect. He has pretty much no trade value at this point because of the way the Yankees treated him. And then going to the starting pitching, I mean, we're well-equipped. Cole and Rodon are two of the best pitchers in the league. Obviously, Rodon has some health concerns, but he's about to be back. Nestor should be back soon. And obviously, he was an all-star last year. Great pitcher. I still love Seve, but he's been very inconsistent. And then you kind of have some question marks in Herman, obviously through a perfect game, but he also gave up 17 runs the two games before. So, I mean, with Seve's on, Nestor's on, you could have that four ran out there, and that could be, obviously, as Evan said, the best pitching staff. So, I mean, there is some things to look forward to. There is some things to be happy about, I think, you have to have your older – you have to have Stanton, Rizzo clicking come playoff times. I think Cashman needs to make two moves, and I 
and maybe I mean I'm still a believer in Montas coming back. I know he obviously hasn't panned out, but I mean I still think he's a great pitcher and he could have at least some role down the line. I don't know that kind of like that fifth spot is kind of up in the air, the fourth spot. So we'll see. I think we need to make a few moves and we could definitely make a postseason run. Obviously with the extra wild card spot too, an extra team makes it. So getting in isn't going to be a problem. So I don't know. I could, I mean, it's like once playoffs come, like anything can happen. Like you have shortened staff and like pitching rotations. You only need to go like three, four deep. So I don't know. And some player can get hot. Obviously you have judge get really hot in the playoffs. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not ever, I will never write off my team. I love them to death, but I mean, I just pray that we can be healthy in time and people are hot and we'll win the world series. I still think we can do it, but I hate Brian Cashman. Um, Just, yeah. I mean, again, I'll say my piece granted you guys talk circles around me with Yankees and baseball in general. Um, but to me, it just sounds like you are whining. Um, you got Ev Winton gave us this how he thinks you know the essentially gave us the John Morant we're fine in the AL, um, feeling good, and Jake you gave us some optimism about you know best bull hands down best bullpen in the league. Uh, you guys currently have I think the fourth best yep. record in the American League, seventh best in MLB. You've had your top 10 pitcher in the league out for the whole year. You've had huge starting pitching problems health-wise, which I don't know if you want to blame that on Cashman for signing guys that are injury-prone. Um, Judge, I mean, the 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 toe injury came from the door thing, right? Yeah, I mean, complete freak incident. Um the that's unlucky you haven't had judge for a while you haven't had donaldson for a decent amount um but i mean you can joke about him being ass but there's you guys have had crazy health concerns with donaldson who's old um as well as stanton old uh so at the same time it's like if you guys are healthy and you rip through all these other teams that you're not too worried about like i i I don't get how Cashman's just this. Well, I think I'll say this. Well, I think if you're relying, if your team is so reliant on being, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, and you're spending two hundred eighty million dollars, you have like what the second highest payroll. You shouldn't so. have. You shouldn't be having having those type of questions where you need like so many things to line up, where you have so many injury prone players and so many streaky players that you need to all line up perfectly because that happening is rare like having them yeah, all healthy also, and all hot at the same time during the playoffs is not gonna like it's probably not gonna happen so like your recipe is just based on old players who are big names and hope they produce like they once did and all on massive contracts is like a terrible formula in my opinion like you you're giving donaldson 25 million dollars to be a defensive specialist who can't hit anymore stands obviously on the wrong side of 30 he's can't play the field he's always hurt on another massive contract dj's on a pretty sizable contract he's on the backside of his career i mean these are all players that he signed rodon's obviously had injury problems i don't hate i don't mind the signing though but like those three players that jump out are all have been slowly decreasing 
always hurt. And those are people that he signed. So obviously, like Cashman's to blame there. You can go with. Yeah, I think the biggest frustration for me, and I don't even blame Cashman for a lot of it, is just like how injury prone the Yankees are. Like Ben always jokes about the Celtics, how injury prone they are. If you look back at the Yankees through the years, they basically have not had a playoff run since Judge's rookie year where they were all healthy. Last year, they didn't have Ben and and DJ in the playoffs. And that was when DJ was able to hit the ball. Uh, 2021, if you look at their lineup in the wild card game against Boston, it Joey Gallo was hitting fourth. And after that, it was like we had Andrew Velazquez starting. We had Brett Gardner starting. God bless him. We had Higgy starting. It was a nightmare lineup. 2020, Severino was hurt. James Paxton was hurt. We were starting a Davey Garcia opener followed by Jay Happ in game three of the playoffs 2019 Stanton was hurt it just has not lined up for us and at some point it just feels like it has to happen but it seems to never happen I don't know I I, I don't like I don't really know how to blame like a strength and conditioning coach if that's fair or not but it just seems like we're never healthy for the playoffs and it's very frustrating also I, I give Cashman a pass for a lot of the things like I could not have foreseen DJ falling off the way he has. Um, the Donaldson trade was bad at the time. It's worse now. But just to construct a roster where basically when Judge, when one guy goes down, it seems to fall apart with this kind of payroll is just so crazy to me. Like we have a, our on base percentage this month is 273. That's basically after Judge, it just falls off a cliff. Like I was listening to some. Yankee fan talk the other day like if you go through the history of the Yankees um like yeah we had Babe Ruth but we also had Lou Gehrig it was called Murderer's Row not Murderer Row <laughs> someone said like uh it was Joe DiMaggio Yogi Berra Mickey Mantle in the 70s Reggie Jackson Roger. you had Roger Maris there too Chris Chambliss Thurman Munson obviously the 90s Yankees were absolutely loaded 2009 I think Robinson Cano was hitting seventh Dude, that infield was to share Cano, Jeter, A-Rod. I mean, one of the best second basemen ever yeah. hitting seventh on a World Series team. And now, just to see, basically, you feel like your pitching staff has to hold the other team to two runs for you guys to have a shot to win the game when one player goes down. It's just so frustrating. So, I mean, I'm when I'm not like in the heat of watching them play, I'm much more, <laughs> I have a much better perspective. And I and do. If things line up for them, they they can beat anyone. It's just been so frustrating, and they've given us no reason to think in recent history that they'll be healthy for the playoffs. Also, for the month of June, I know you point out the on-base percentage, but we've also scored the least amount of runs in baseball in the month of June. I think we're at 67 runs, which is – I think they're averaging around like three runs per game on average. I mean, expecting your pitching staff to give up less than three runs a game is without – your second best pitcher, Rodon, is like not acceptable. Like scoring three runs a game, it's like if the Yankees put up four or five runs a game, like they're going to have the best record in baseball. Like they don't give up a lot of runs just because of how good their bullpen and pitching staff is. So it's like it the offense doesn't even have to be like great. It just has to be good. Like we just need Stan. Like we need our older players to just not suck. Like they're literally they were like. At one point, Stanton was at like oh nine at oh eighty after his injury. 
DJ was hitting like 130. Donaldson was 130. Rizzo was in a massive slump after the injury when Tatis bumped into him. I mean, you have these guys who are all making so much money. Like, you need them to perform at even an average level to win the – like, just to win. Like, we're giving up no runs. You literally need to score four runs a game, and we should be winning 70% of our games. Like, if we score four runs. I think there was a – I think they were like – I don't know. There was like a stat where it was like if they scored over like five runs, we had like a 700 winning percentage, something in that area. Like, you just need to – like, we don't need to be putting up six, seven runs a game to win games. We're not going to have like nine, eight games. It's Most of our games are going to be like five, three, four, two, and stuff like that. So, I mean, if we can just crack more than three runs a game – like this team's destined to win. It's just right now, I don't think the offense is constructed well. I mean, we're just running out some randos right now. Volpe's been better, but I don't know. It's just, there feels like there's a lot of black holes on this team and you shouldn't have a black hole with a $280 million payroll. Like there shouldn't be a single black hole. The bench is depleted. The bench is terrible. Like it's like, okay, like last year we had like Carpenter coming off the bench. It was kind of like, all right, like we actually have someone like, we could pinch it for we could pinch it someone for and like actually like might have a chance of production but like now i think like oswaldo cabrera is coming up with 190 average as like our pinch hit like our first pinch hitter off the bench like it's like there's just not much there like it's just brutal so like i don't know the roster's construction's bad i feel like i don't know there's not much more to say like the yankees are just like i don't know i could go on and on about brian cashman but there needs to be a few more moves to happen. I hope he's not our GM next year, but hopefully he can put something together. But I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in the our trade deadline accusations because, I mean, last year, what? It was Benintendi, Montas, and who was the other one? Efros. Efros, and they all got hurt. So, I mean, we didn't have a single one of our trade deadline op- players. So, I don't know if I have all that much faith in him trading for a player, but... We'll see. I know, like, the Nationals are going to sell Candelario and Thomas. I saw a mock trade. Obviously, what the Yankees were giving up was absolutely insane just because Bleacher Report makes the worst trades ever. But I feel like those two players could be on the radar. They're both having good years. I don't think their their contracts aren't crazy. I think they're on, what, pretty short deals. So those could be two players that they could target. Obviously, a Jock Peterson, but that's been years in the making and it's never happened. But I guess I also want to bring up we could you can talk about that. I'm gonna bring up something else too. If you want Yankees. Kinda. But yeah, you, um, if you want to talk. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try and keep this. It's short. more it's more like cashman. One thing um I'd say is there's there's like needing everything to click, and then there's you're currently missing a top three player in the American league. Um Disagree. In the American League. Top Who, two. Who's in the it's him Otani and I, I don't know. I I okay. to get top two. I wasn't top two. I didn't Thank mean you. this to be <laughs> I didn't know if you were trying to pull a fast one over. No. I, I don't know if you were throwing like Vlad I, I was trying to cover my tracks. Um, um but yeah, sure. A, a top two, a second best player in the American League, if that's how you want it to be worded. You're missing the second best player in the American League. And you're missing uh, a top 10 pitcher in the league. Like, uh, there's there's needing everything to click, but then having those guys are just like significant boosts to your roster. 
Um, so there's that. Also, like I, I just struggle with the argument that like your three deadline day acquisitions all get hurt. I don't. Maybe I just like don't understand baseball that well. I don't get how that's on Cashman. Like, sure, they the Montas one injury. was the Montas one was. He had yeah, like mad, he, he had massive shoulder problems, and they yeah. literally said he wasn't like fully ready to pitch, and they still passed his physical. So that was a little. I mean, yeah, yeah. Ben, ben Intendi was just a freak injury. Like, I don't, I don't really yeah. hold that against him. Like, I feel like. I feel and I'm like, I'm excited for Efros in the next if, year. If, I think if we're being good, real, when you, at the end of sucks. deadline day, when you guys saw that you had Ben Attendee, Montas, and Efros, was it like? I mean, that was like that was like what the expected team was supposed to be. Like, I, like it was like expected that we were getting those guys. So I wasn't like overly excited. I personally was very hyped. I mean, obviously, like, I was excited, but it wasn't, like, it, nothing, like, came as, like, a surprise. Like, we were always in as, like, um, Castillo and Montas and Benintendi. So, it's, like, and, like, Brian Reynolds. So, like, I knew like, we were getting. not a surprise, but you, you didn't sort of like, deadline day being, like, well, no, I, I thought, yeah. just screwed us. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, as you guys highlighted, your injury, like, if you guys are even half it's just if 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 like everything's an if with the yankee team which is like my least favorite thing it's like the worst part about it yeah i don't know um all right should we turn the way i also wanted to throw out that i will never forgive cashman for not talking to bryce harper and like not going for Manny machado and i'm probably not going to go for soto or tani the amount of money they're making because he could say we're already paying a bunch of players so much money but that's an unforgivable thing from me the Bryce Harper one especially okay we can continue um, you guys want to talk Orioles or Red Sox I feel like we should uh I would I would talk Orioles for like a little bit I'm I'm a big fan of the Orioles I think I had them finishing second in the division behind the Yankees and I mean they're gonna finish second just not behind the Yankees but I think they have a at least a stud could be a, he's gonna be an MVP candidate for years to come. I mean, I'm a big John Means guy. I don't really know what happened to him, but I think I mean he had the Tommy John, but I don't know when he's gonna be back or what the deal is with him. I mean, and Christian Rodriguez was a little shaky in the beginning, but I mean, you got Gunner Jackson Holiday looks like a stud. Um, I mean, they got a lot of young players. I like Cedric Austin Hayes Santander. So I mean, they're just a fun team, very easy to root for. So. I like them. I think they're going to be good for years to come. I think the AL East is absolutely stacked. Like the Yankees with their payroll is always going to be good. Rays always make the best out of their random players. Blue Jays have a good core. Orioles are going to be a young core. And I think the Red Sox will be finishing in fifth place for years to come, in my opinion. And that's not like a knock on, on a, that they're bad. It's just I think the other four teams are always just going to be better than them with the way it's constructed right now, unless they make some massive moves, which John Henry doesn't seem to be doing. I know Ben can go into it. I know he's not here, but he can give the whole John Henry spiel about him not spending money because he wants to buy a basketball team. But I don't know. I think the AL East is just so stacked. The Orioles are a fun team, fun young team to watch. So I do like them. I wish I could uh, root for them a little bit more, but they are in our division, so. Yeah, their their like position player core group of young guys is unreal. I really wish 
I mean, I don't wish because it would have been bad for us, but I would have liked to see them. Uh, obviously, both guys are hurt, but to see them make a run at a Degrom or Rodon this past off season because it really just feels like they're one or two pitchers away from being as complete a team as there is in the sport. The back end of their pen with Yenier Cano and Felix Bautista is as good as it gets. So it really feels like they're just a couple arms away from probably being uh, on the same level as the Braves. Um, so it's really just on ownership to spend. It seems like there's going to be no shortage of young young guys coming up the farm. They just called up another dude the other day. We know about Jackson Holiday, how good he's supposed to be. So, yeah, they're going to be a thorn in our sides for a long time. Yeah. Would you guys say it's fair? One, this is a little before my uh, super baseball interest. And two, it's talking about my team. Would you say they were kind of like how the Blue Jays were maybe four or five years ago? I don't. I think the Orioles will pan out better than the Blue Jays have. Um, but the kind of excitement, the kind of, the big name, like you, you knew, obviously Biggio is just not at all who you kind of hoped he'd be, but, uh, you had those names coming up that you knew they were coming. It was exciting. Yeah. Are you saying, I, wait, are you saying like, like four years ago, the Blue Jays were like similar to what the Orioles are right now? Uh, I, I know. I, I like, get just, that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I get like the young players. Up, you, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like Vlad's yeah, coming up. Seeing, right? I think with yeah, the Blue like, Jays, though, you had like yeah. you had Guerrero, Biggio, and Bichette, which are all like three very famous baseball names. So, like, I felt like that added the excitement a little bit more and like just the hype around those players. But I don't know. I think it's it's a little similar. I think yeah, they had some I bigger names, the Blue Jays, but. Like it was Vlad and Adley were like household names before they even broke in. I knew Bichette and Biggio. Obviously, they were highly regarded prospects, but also because their dads were former players. Um, but it was really like it was those three guys you knew. But the Orioles, it's just crazy. Like it's like Adley graduates, and all of a sudden Gunnar Henderson, a second round pick, is the number one prospect in the sport. Now he graduates. Jackson Holiday is already like a top five guy in the sport. They just called up. Jordan Westberg. I had never even heard of the dude. <laughs> He's apparently like a big time prospect as well. It's like, they just keep coming. And even like, they still have one of the um, most highly regarded farm systems uh, in baseball, even though they have all this young talent at the MLB level. It's just insane uh, to see how well they've drafted over the years, obviously losing uh, all the games that they did helps, but the way they've drafted okay. and developed these guys is very impressive. And I think just the depth of their system is what stands out. The Blue Jays obviously had some high-end guys who panned out, like Vlad and Bo, obviously uh, Biggio, not to the same extent. But the fact that the Orioles just keep pumping these guys out is crazy. I think I think also for the Orioles' sake, like, I think they're going to spend. Like, I think they're going to reach. Like, they're not going to be like a team where they grow these prospects and then just trade them away for more prospects and just keep kicking the can down the road. Like, I think they're going to pay. Like, they obviously have – they paid Chris Davis a while back. They had Trombo, J.J. Hardy, um, Arcakis, Adam Jones. Like, they had some pretty solid squads back in the day, and I feel like their ownership is going to be willing to spend to make that team good. Like, I've been to a few Orioles games in, like, a while ago. But, like, I'd say, like, 2015, and, like, the stadium was always packed. It was, like – it was when they were, it was right when they, it was like when they got like Buck, they started to get a little bit better. But 
I feel like they're going to be willing to spend. They're going to pay their players. They're going to pay the young guys that they have. They're going to form a pretty solid core for the next 10 years. So, I mean, that's like a good – I think they're a good organization that they're willing to spend some money on players. So, I don't know. They're going to be good. I think they're a fun team to watch, and they actually will sign their players to extensions, which I can't say for the, some other teams that are just going to tank and just suck for the rest of time just because they make like $118 million on revenue sharing and they're fine with making that much money and not spending any on their teams. So I think the Orioles will try to actually win, which is a good sign with the amount of young talent they have. So hopefully, not hopefully, but I do would like to see, I would like to see them add a few arms, add a few other players and kind of just make that a complete team because they could be really good. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm, I like, I, I like young teams that have fun, like they're a fun team to watch. And they have fun doing it. I know Jake doesn't like when a baseball player smiles on the diamond. Um, but I I think they have fun and I like that. Um, but if you guys are ready, I say we move on to the Red Sox. I got to watch them firsthand last night. And by God, that is an underwhelming lineup. Like uh, that that uh <laughs> I don't even know his first name, Hamilton, who was playing short. Good. Yeah, yeah. Ben called him Billy Hamilton, even though he's not Billy Hamilton. God knows who he is. He can steal bases, and he's batting like 186, or 086, rather. Um, just a train wreck out there. Um, what a, Yeah, I mean, there it's, it's problematic in Boston. I don't really know how else to put it. The catching situation is horrific. The pitching I, I, tells you where you are when I was being told how good Pavetta has been out of the pen as he's operating a four, eight. Um, like it's, it's just ugly in Boston right now. And I don't really know. Like, I don't think they have it. They have, who's the, their top prospect. Um, Marcelo Meyer. Yeah. They got the mayor there. Um, but otherwise I don't know if they got a whole lot of, uh, prospects coming up I, I don't know what the direction of boston well, didn't, didn't they load up the farm when they traded mookie bets yeah oh that's right um or if they can re-sign jeter downs i'm pretty sure they dfa'd him but jeter downs could be what turns the screw in boston for years to come um verdugo is actually he's he looks good um as much as i hate that guy he's hands Wait, down what do you mean by that though he looks good um Oh, nice smile, racist. He, he is as unlike the, the, yeah the ginger. Yeah. Um. But all in all, I just don't see where this goes. I mean, I I think the only hope is like story comes back and is like a top wherever he's gonna play second or short in the American League. Um. They need Casas to have this. Ben says he's looking good. Um, recently, I don't know, uh, but they need him to have the, the same kind of Volpe month. Um, Justin Turner, he has he has been on a hot streak. Yeah, Justin Turner. I saw his average was up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like they're 
Like if you, Bayo, Bayo, no, Bayo's good. Bayo's good. His last like ten starts have been really good. Otherwise, if you put a gun to my head before the year and told me pick the Red Sox record, I would have said eighty-one and eighty-one. And I feel you like think that high? Like that's exactly even before the season. Yeah, I thought they would be eighty-one and eighty-one. And I think they're forty and forty-two or something like that. So they're not far off. It's just, I mean. They have their lineup. Their lineup is fine. Devers obviously is good. I don't think he's having the year up to his standards, but he's good. Yoshida's having a great year. Um, Verdugo's having a good year. Like their offense is enough to win you some games. It's just the pitching is. They needed a lot of things to go right for that pitching staff to hold up, and obviously outside of Bayo's breakout, most of it has gone wrong. Uh, Kluber. Is awful at this point. Paxton always banged up. Um, who else they got out there? Oh, Sale. Uh, hurt again. Well, good. Good thing they. Good thing they re-signed Evaldi and Walker. Oh, they actually let the two player, the two pitcher of the month go. Evaldi, Evaldi. Heim, dude. Heim though. Heim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't. They're just. They're just I'm, mid. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jared Carabas. Obviously, very big Red Sox fan. He just says they're the definition of mid, and I don't watch all their games, but based on what I see, I'll take his word for it. Yeah, I think they have, like, Devers is obviously a superstar, in my opinion. Like, I think every time he plays the Yankees, he just absolutely kills us, especially Cole, which breaks my heart. But, I don't know, he's a superstar in my eyes. Verdugo's a great player. Yoshida's been great. I think Trevor's story, I mean, I told Ben that he had, he was going to be hurt, and he's going to have somewhat of a uh, what's the field? What's their stadium called? Fenway. No, Colorado. Uh, uh, Coors. 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 There, he kind of had that Coors field effect because you could see his splits uh, weren't great, and I knew he wasn't wasn't going to be amazing. But I don't know. There's just not a lot to that Red Sox team. Henry doesn't want to spend, and uh, I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be finishing in fifth for years to come. It's just if they'll spend money. I mean, they have the resources to do it. It's about if they will. Well, I mean, I think what they're saving up for their like Vegas basketball team before Brown. But I don't know, like what their, the their payroll is like sneaky high. Like it's higher yeah. than like than you think it is. When you yeah, I get Devers the big contract. I think I know Sal's making some money. So yeah, Sal makes some money. But um, uh, there's just not a lot. To, I don't know. I'm not. I just can't see them like competing with like the young cores of. The Blue Jays, Orioles, Yankees obviously are going to outspend them every year. And, you know, the Rays are always just, like, randomly sneaky good with their random players. So, it's got a lot of fifth-place finishes for Boston, which warms my heart because I hate Boston. As uh, and, I will, and I will always root for their downfall. As, yeah, someone who's been to a couple games this year and lives in Massachusetts kind of hears about it more. It's true. It's just a boring mid lineup. Like there is, yeah, it's like just miserable. There's Devers. I mean, the I, I was sat in outfield and I looked up at like the one, two, three coming up, and it was I think Verdugo, Justin Turner, and like I don't even know. I forgot about funny. Turner. I forgot about Turner. I don't think got an extension too. Rev Snyder? Oh, Rev Snyder. Was, uh, he got Rev like Snyder a two-year extension. His extension is like 
two years, one dollar. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't even know why they needed a press conference for it. That was the one through three was Verdugo, Turner, and Rev Snyder. And I only spent nine dollars on my ticket. And I was kind of wondering how I got ripped off. Um <laughs> you could have put that nine dollars somewhere. And oh, yeah, so big, big and was, you could have donated the money, honestly. It was Caleb Ort on the bump. So, I mean, dude, lucky that was the the one two punch I needed. Any uh, any other takes you guys want to drop for us before I wrap this up? No, I'd just like to clarify something earlier. I don't know if it came off the way I intended, but I think Domingo Herman is a scumbag. I think the Yankees should have moved on from him years ago. I just when he was throwing that perfect game, my mind did not go to to that. I was just happy to be watching it unfold. I also I saw some memes online that were like, he should have no hit his wife instead, which I thought was pretty funny. But obviously, yeah, not not a great dude. I agree with everything. I wanted them to just move off once, especially when he was suspended. Like I felt like there was no point in keeping him. So I don't know. It is what it is. He's on the team now. I feel like the, the teammates have forgotten him. I mean, forgiven him. So it is what it is. But all right. Well, also, my one last final statement on the MLB is I hope they create a salary floor just to uh, even out some of the teams. One yeah. of my my parting my uh, parting farewell. That's certainly an idea. Um, all right. Well, on behalf of the Slippery Boys, thank you guys for uh, tuning in to another episode. Uh, I'd like to say goodbye from Ben as well. He took a immediate dip midway through the podcast i'm pretty sure he's either phoning in from god knows where without any service or something because it was a tough outing by him but uh thank you for sticking with us we'll hopefully be back with uh dev you want to chime in yeah i just wanted to update something i mentioned before uh brian bayo did take the loss today oh god that's not how we wanted to end things um you had to ruin the mood of. Yeah. Well, uh, otherwise, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll uh, we might get a little personal in the next episode. Dive into our own lives as we're in this uh, bit of a doldrum of sports. Um, but we should talk some NBA free agency and just everything going on. So we'll catch you guys next time. Take care.